0: Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com Elite. If you know, then you know
1: it's those long nights, early mornings, We're rolling down these old back roads, working all week, trying to turn his blood, sweat, finish line, that groove is just good the soul. I was to it. I was raised on it. Wouldn't have it any other way. You know
0: BTE it- builds products that you can depend on. Whether it's a complete power glide transmission, a torque converter for your specific combination, or any related component or bolt-on item, the professionals at BTE and Memphis Performance have what you need to succeed. Shop online at bteracing.com the saturday night hooker and doug gaber big jed hot on the heels of glory triumphant yeah. performance at the great american dream team challenge we'll get into that how are you
1: i'm well luke uh, you know it's a, as you know it's been a somewhat of a challenging day for me but uh, we're getting through it and uh, finally made it to where we could record the show but uh, looking forward to it. Looking forward to talking about Dream Team. Looking forward to talking about some other winners and, and high or top performers and um, some NHRA stuff as well. It's a, it's a show full of, uh, of all the things that we typically talk, talk about here. Not a whole bunch of it like we have been doing lately, but uh, it's still going to be a good,
0: solid show.
1: So I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Okay, so you put this out there and now I feel like you're, you're holding the listener out. Uh, give us a little insight like what do you what have you been dealing with here the last 24 hours
1: well uh the wife um we, we had a recording time set up and the wife um apparently got on some bad barbecue and uh had to go to the emergency room uh she's been um vomiting pretty solid for about 24 hours or so she went to the emergency room a few hours ago and and we got out about an hour, hour and 15 minutes later than what you and I had planned to record. And you got other stuff coming up. So it's just uh, been a time crunch. So if it feels like we kind of took the show and and shrunk it down just a little bit, that probably happened somewhat inadvertently, but it happened, but the good news is they've got fluids in her they've got her some meds it was food poisoning looks like she's going to be just fine easy for me to say she's probably got another 24 hours or so to deal with it but everything's going to be all right Luke
0: uh well let Jenny Mo know that we're thinking of her the listeners by the way may well both of you may really enjoy like hey I only have to put up (laughs) with these guys for an hour this week like I'm down with that but let us know what you think of that all right, Big J, we're going to talk all things Dream Team, uh, highlighted by Team Bad Guys and your top ball victory. We'll get into that right here at the top of the show. Uh, we'll also discuss the greatness of Rick Bear, the greatness of Anthony Bertozzi, and some other uh, odds and ends along the way. Should be good times. going to be awesome. All right, but before we get to that... It's P.J. North. If you know, then you know. Big Jed, we are recording hot on the heels of the Great American Dream Team Shootout. The Great American Dream Team Shootout Top Bulb Team Champion, Team Bad Guys, that I know you're familiar with. Jed, I'm going to give you this rare opportunity to revel in your glory. Tell us all about your victorious performance.
1: Well, Luke, it, first of all, it was an amazing event. It was so much fun, and, and the guys did such a really good job. Britt and Galen and their staff did a did a really good job of uh, running the event. They they had a massive crowd, which we'll talk about, um, you know, probably a couple of times in the show here. But huge turnout. Uh, yeah, they, they there was five twenty to five thirty, uh, really big crowd. So they had to make some adjustments to the schedule, but they, uh, by and large, they did a, a fantastic job of, of adjusting to what was, um, challenging them. And, you know, when it was all said and done, uh, we were my, the team that I was on was not my team. It was Larry Martin's team, team bad guys. My great friend, Larry Martin, uh, called me and asked me to, to join them on their team when uh, the race got moved to Holly Springs. So, I don't know, Luke, that was probably, six eight weeks ago i guess um so when that happened i was not going to memphis uh, not just just not a huge fan of memphis don't like the ride don't like the the facility so wasn't going and when it got moved to holly springs i decided to to go especially when larry asked me to be on his team so when uh when the action got started you know we, we the plan was to run first round of the dream team on friday which we did and we got by um derrick pullham's team a team from the Brainerd, um, North Georgia area, uh, South Tennessee, North Georgia. Got by them, actually uh, swept them with the first three. So we were pretty confident. And, uh, of course, got by round two, Mark Meadows' team. And then uh, it was us and Lynch. Uh, Team Lynch was loaded with talent, and it was loaded with with competitors that – their name should be on my birth certificate personally because uh, they were my mom's and my dad's and uh, you know, was wondering, all right. So the first two rounds, we just pulled up there one through five, like we wanted to go out and the other teams obliged. Well, that didn't really happen with Lynch. Uh, Lynch said, no, I don't really want to do that. (laughs) He said, we'll, uh, we'll put uh, Jody and Jed out first. Well, Jody Davies is on me. Um, has absolutely destroyed me even when I make good runs and uh, they put us out first and I got by Jody and then that one went back and forth and was two to two and it was my man Nick Ross uh, bringing up the number five spot against Buddy for real uh, and in the third round and you know we we're down at the end watching and my goodness it's so much anxiety and excitement you know and this was just round three of this thing and Nick got by him one thou. was was twelve thou behind on the tree and got by him one thou. And you know that just that just really pumped us up. We were we knew we got by one there. Uh, we did not race our best race uh, in in the round against Lynch. So or our best race is. And then um, we get paired with uh, with Matt Cook's team. You know it's got Gage Birch and Kenny Underwood and. And uh, Michael Carpenter, I mean, it was just one after another. Of course, Matt on the team, the team was loaded with talent. And Luke, we we beat that team 5-0. Um, they, they put me against Gage. Gage has been my father, although he's much younger than me. He, he's, he's daddied me up quite a few times. And uh, Gage laid down a 14-pack on me. And um, he got, boy, this is going to sound cocky. So I'm trying not to say it this way, but. Gage got him uh, about six change. By all means, Jed. Sound cocky. Well, there's nothing to be cocky about. <laughs> I was I was one dead seven, and we know that was a... I really screwed that up on both ends somehow. And You made a similar round in the
0: final, didn't you? Uh,
1: well, I was two in the final, but I, I, I turned Brody loose. Um, really let go good. I, I was 22 in round two, but other than that, I was uh, eight, nine, one, and two. So I was really proud of my efforts. I went five and zero in the in the dream team Nice. Round. Yeah. So I was super proud of myself. Larry Martin went five and zero. So you know the odds were in our favor with with two guys turning on a win light every single round. We really just needed one of the other three to get a win light each round, and they did just that, and really sometimes more than that. And we uh we get Team Brody Quick in the final, defending champions. And um, that was a tough team as well, and, and we got by them 4-1. So just a really good performance by, by me and my teammates, and that's not braggadocious by any means. Um, the, the semis, Luke, I don't know if you've seen any of the, the Facebook stuff or whatever, but the semis, our opponents in the first three runs, Matt Cook's team, they laid down thirteen. Fifteen and fourteen, and and didn't they turn eliminated. a wind light. On. <laughs> yeah, didn't, didn't
0: turn a wind light on. So. <clears throat> and no, added. I did. I saw that, and I just I know it's easier for you to show humility when it's when you're talking about yourself. Like I just I kind of expected this full-on Alabama domination discussion, right? <laughs> so I I I feel like you've tempered that a little bit especially given the numbers, like, uh, the, there's not, there's not much call for the humility here, Jed. Like y- you, you guys bowed up, you're five and Oh, you and Larry Martin carried the team. Like, let's hear it. Well, we did bow up
1: and we did, uh, we did our job. Um, that doesn't mean others race bad. Uh, you know, we, we were, uh, we were just really excited to be there, but look, I don't know. I raced better than I've raced in a long time. And and again, not bragging. It's just fact. The numbers are the numbers. But I was a nervous wreck every round, whether I went out first, whether I went out third, whatever, just like, oh, my goodness, my team's counting on me, you know, and, and the, the other team, you know, picked their racer a couple of times to race me. And it's like, well, you know, I mean, that kind of, you know, although it's all fun and games, it's, it's basically saying we're picking Jed to run this person because we think our guy's going to beat him and you know that just kind of jacks you up it's it's a really cool format and it's uh it's an opportunity for uh you to race in a team atmosphere which we don't get to do very often you know except for this event so the whole deal was just uh just super cool super exciting now to to play on what you're what you're trying to get out of me right now i will say three of the final four teams were teams from Alabama.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. there it is. There it is. <laughs> now,
1: now, I mean, there's no doubt what state performed the best. And that's pretty typical when Alabama's got a team in anything, whether, you know, of course, whether it's football or basketball, now drag racing, bracket racing. I mean, Alabama's going to be a factor. You have to beat Alabama to to be – on top of the mountain. And, uh, and that didn't get done. It was two teams from Alabama in the final. So, you know, those other States race really good, but, uh, all kidding aside, we were racing in Mississippi. It ain't like team Alabama loaded up and went to Idaho and, and just dominated the country. I mean, we were racing, you know, uh, about an hour and 15 minutes from the state line. So, uh, while it was a great performance by the Alabama teams, uh, those other States were were well represented and it was just a great time and then you know of course we get we get our big win and we're super excited and and the they you would get up to the winner's circle and then you know you don't really get to watch what's going on with the other categories you don't you don't get to see those performances because we were we were like first group out every time in top bulb so by the time we got called to the lanes when we got there the 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 bottom bulb was wrapping up and they're telling you, suit up and get ready and do your deal and flip for lanes and those things. But when, when I sat up there and looked at the bottom bulb champions, look, team Rick bear, that's a, that is an, uh, that's an unfair advantage. That team. I mean, do you see the, you, you see the members. It was ridiculous. That team was just way better than everyone else. And of course they got their second in a row, the bottom bulb champions team, Rick Bear with Nasty Nick Hastings, Gage Birch, Charlie Lockhart, uh, Rick Bear, of course, and, and Lucas Walker was replaced. Uh, Lucas had some family obligations with graduations and those things, and uh, really proud of him for staying back and doing the family thing. And they replaced him with Bobby Paul Arnett, which is one of the best bottom bulbers in the country. Uh, so you know they really didn't lose anything there and that team just they were
0: nasty. But- that that team it's it's funny Jay because on paper I completely agree like you look at that and go those guys are winning they should they'll, they'd win that race 10 times out of 10. But in, in reality, like it rarely goes that way. You know what I mean? Like you, you, oh, sure. Everything stacks up and you just think, okay, they're the odds on favorite. And it, I don't want to say it doesn't always work out. Like it seems like more often than not, it goes the other way for that team to emerge with despite those expectations. Like I'm sure they're feeling the same pressure that you just talked about. To do that in back-to-back years, Is, I, you look at the names and you think, okay, well, that's no surprise. Like it's pretty impressive.
1: It was very impressive. And, and you know, the difference in that team and ours, our team wasn't expected to win. You know, our team looks good on paper, but every team looks good on paper. When you put that team on paper, it was like, well, yeah, of course they're going to win. So that was added pressure for them. Their back was against the wall, I, I think, a couple of rounds. Their back was against the wall. They were down maybe 2-1 or tied 2-2 and uh, had to get the last win, I think, I think Rick Bear collected that last win for them one round, and Bobby Paul Arnett got it one round kept them alive. So uh, while they were pushed to the limit, so to speak, they did what was expected of them and, and collected the, the final checks. It was, uh, it was fun to watch. I didn't really get to watch, like, get into detail, watch their numbers and how they played out. But uh, it was still fun to, to watch that team perform as expected.
0: Okay, a couple of things I wanna I wanna piggyback on with you. Number one, back to, to your team's performance, team bad guys. That's you, Larry Martin. It was Dwayne Martin, Nick Ross, Tyler Roach, correct? Correct. Okay, just for the listeners, and really for me, because I don't think I know the the origins of this. Where does the bad guys reference come from? Uh, <laughs> That's a because really I good say question. that like you've got if there is a flaw among the five guys on your team like you're too freaking nice like you don't have bad guys so I'm curious like yeah no there's <laughs>
1: there's no bad guys on the team uh honestly years ago uh Larry uh, was we were racing I think at Holiday Beach or something here in Alabama and I don't remember what happened but some little small maybe controversy and um something came of it and he he kind of named that he named his group team bad guys and i don't know It just stuck it was really one of those silly things there was no it wasn't well thought out or this is why we did it or any of those things it just just happened Been there since. and uh you know the next year i'll be 50 uh in july and larry and Dwayne's over 50 so we're already prepared for next year if we don't defend our title and, and win again, uh, we're going to change the name to Team Bad Eyes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, second thing I wanted to piggyback on. My impression, and I, I wasn't, I didn't get the opportunity to to join you in Holly Springs last week, i of competed in this event before, and my impression of it is everything that you said, like the, it's a unique flavor of pressure and emotion and fun right it's just enough of a different format that it it, it's really really intriguing I liken it my comparison is this and I'll, I'll see I guess it depends a little bit on on your upbringing Jed and the upbringing of our listeners I liken this is like the modern-day version of the ET Finals. And I don't mean to belittle the current ET Finals. I know that there are racers in pockets of the country, and I'm sure that we have listeners here, that that is the event that they look forward to every year. Um, For me, it was absolutely, it was the pinnacle when I was growing up. Like I, I raced at a track where simply making the ET Finals team was a big deal, right? And it was so cutthroat. Uh, amongst the the competition at that racetrack to to compete week in and week out and then ultimately make that team but when we would go then to the et finals everything flipped like we're one we're always one big family but everyone's so supportive of one another and we're trying to win as a team and you've got that internal pressure not only to to perform for yourself but not to let your teammates down and i feel like in today's world of racing, and perhaps my perspective is a little bit jaded just from the type of racing um, that I've done for the last, you know, two decades, but I don't really get that sense as much. Like the family aspect of racing to me now is a much tighter group, and this is what allows that. You've got a five-person team, right? You're racing with your guys, and I feel like it brings about some of those that same level of I, I want to do this not for me necessarily, but I don't want to let the rest of these guys down. Like we're going to do this together. And that reminds me of those ET finals days. Do you have a similar experience? Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's,
1: uh, I likened it to that as well. It was really the only other thing you can compare it to. We've had the all state challenge and, you know, Alabama dominated that the first year out and we were told how we wouldn't even have a chance, but I don't want to, you can go back and listen to a different show and when hear all that stuff some other time, but, um, that was probably the closest thing was the all state challenge, but the bracket finals, uh, definitely had a similar feel. You, you felt like you were racing for way more than just yourself and your racing program. And it wasn't about money or it wasn't about getting your picture taken, you know, you just racing for a team. And, you know, when, when somebody picks you to be on their team, there's only one reason they do that, Luke. And that's because they think you can go turn on wind lights and you want to prove them right. You want to, you want to make sure that you do the things that they expected you to do when they made the call to have you on their team. So, um, you know, that's just added pressure that, that you don't typically feel. Uh, you know, I was, I was again, nervous, uh, sweaty palms, um, uh, nervous twitches. I mean, I really, I really had it all and I raced out of my mind compared to what I typically do. So I, uh, I feel like I need some kind of nervous energy every time I race. Maybe I, maybe I, need, to, maybe I need to take the house payment or something and, and invest it in a, a large entry race and just have that added pressure on myself to be able to... A, that's, it, that's been done before, I think. I think it was like 1996. Somebody took their, their house payment and paid a really big entry fee and then won the million. So um, maybe that's what I need to do going forward. I need to put a little pressure on myself there's just not a lot, enough pressure on me to make me perform well maybe that's i mean try it let us know how it works <laughs> well, <laughs> well you probably you'd probably read about it you'd probably know how it works you'd either read that i won or you'd read that you know i was living in a motor home for a little while <laughs>
0: about to say we might have to uh might have to come up with a new way to record the podcast you might not have internet for a month yeah
1: there's a good chance of that (laughs) but it was was cool look outside of that again the the bottom bulb champions i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off there Uh, you should probably go in here anyway but bottom bulb champions uh just a team full of of dominant racers uh then rick bear goes and wins the the 5k the friday 5k that didn't finish until sunday you know, just watching Rick Bear, we talked about Nasty Nick and how great he is. And I got to spend a lot of time with Nick. Again, his humility is, is inspiring. But I said, look, there's people when you get a trans break in their hand, there's people that can match what Nick Hastings is capable of. Rick Bear certainly comes to the top of that list. This guy's a well-oiled machine. He is extremely consistent in his routine. And of course, his results are, are very consistent as well. He turns on a lot of wind lights. He, he handles the pressure extremely well. And watching Rick do his thing is, is a lot of fun. It really is pretty cool. Um, he, he just He's just, again, a well-oiled machine. Uh, and the guy makes really, really good runs.
0: Slick Rick, I mean, obviously, he heads up this this bottom bulb Dream Team team that wins back to back Dream Team challenges. That's an accomplishment in and of itself. Wins the five grander the day prior that I guess ultimately ended up being the day after, um, and just kind of that continues what's quietly been an incredible season for Slick Rick. I mean, I say quietly just because I I get the impression that Rick is in a in a similar. Uh, Phase of life to myself, and that the it's family time, and and what racing he does is relatively close to home. But he's been like final rounds and wins, like multiple final rounds, five of the last six weeks or something ridiculous. I mean, they're all relatively close to home, and they're all like mid money bottom ball braces but he has been dominant and then went and did it on that stage it's no surprise given his his pedigree and his uh his resume but it's impressive nonetheless
1: yeah very well said he, he has performed at an extremely high level he doesn't desire to ride all over the country and and run the big book races he's uh, he's career-minded he's got a lot happening in his career certainly family oriented you know if his family can't be there it doesn't seem to appeal to him very much he, he just wants to go with them. um got his oldest daughter now in a junior dragster so um certainly seemingly in a, a similar phase of life as you and and even myself except for you know both of you guys are turning on a lot of wind lights and i don't so we're just alike the three of us except for that part about winning a bunch of races uh, i'm i'm the only one of the three not doing that but uh, i get it i get where he is and it makes a lot of sense and he's certainly making it work for him when he does give get on a stage where he gives himself an opportunity to do something special uh it just seems to happen and it's not coincidence i mean it's just
0: talent one other tidbit from the the no box portion of the field i know you mentioned nick hastings earlier uh, I believe it was Thursday night, the opening Gamblers race. Nick wins, and I saw. Um, that, well, I'll give kudos to Ryan Gleghorn here because I think it was his Facebook post that Nick's win in that Thursday night opening event marked eight consecutive Dream Team event No Box finals that Nick Hastings had appeared in. Let that sink in for a minute. Yeah, that's, that's what four years of Dream Team events without missing a final oh by the way the race that we just talked about the five grander that rick bear won that marked the first time in nine events that nick hastings was not in the no box final at the dream team nick hastings lost in the semis when nick hastings lost in the semis he was seven take 14 to be one thou under yeah <laughs> that's how the streak comes to an end i mean it's just ridiculous
1: yeah, and as we said, even his bad days, are, <clears throat> they're good. Um, Nick, you know, watching him, I got to watch him quite a bit. And, you know, what's so awesome about Nick is he might dial a 616 or a 613. You know, I know he knows what he can go, but he just the way he kills it and does the things that he does out there, you just, as a competitor, when you're trying to really watch a guy and try to figure out how much he's killing what he can run and, and maybe develop your strategy you just can't figure it out the guy is uh i don't want to call it sneaky he's crafty he's really crafty and he's he's got all the tools he can kill it late he can spray and kill he can uh you know drive, drive by you a few thou and, and do what he needs to do when when he sees that he's got room to do it to Very, very crafty. And and again, uh, I told him at the Dream Team event, he's the best I've ever seen on the bottom. And, you know, he all shucked me. And, uh, you know, no, man, you know, you guys, you were great. And and when you were doing it, and, uh, okay, whatever, Nick, you're the best that's ever happened on the bottom. That's just the way it is. And, And he continues to
0: prove it. What you're saying, Jed, is we might have our nicknames flipped. Maybe, maybe it should be nasty rick and slick nick (laughs) Uh?
1: i like it i like it like that could very that could work very well for the both of them it really probably doesn't matter how you how you put the nickname for either one of them because it does fit but he is slick very slick
0: uh outside of the 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 big car categories uh the Junior Dragsters, you had another team, Big Jed, carrying the Alabama flag. Team Ben Willis, back-to-back Dream Team Championships coming into this event. They advanced to the final once again, but it was not meant to be. They finally got unseated by a team from the north, Big Jed. How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of talent, let's say that, in the, in the Junior Dragster ranks right now, Luke. I mean, these kids can freaking race. They're not out there stabbing the gas and going to the finish line and then dialing it in hopes of running the dial in or not breaking out. They are driving just like we are, and they're impressive. The Team Chris Ratchford gets to win in the junior dragster category full of talent from the Michigan area. I don't know if all the racers were from Michigan, but that group was from up that way, and, uh, man, they showed out. They were racing the – the now two-time defending and going to their third final, third dream team final in a row, uh, team Ben Willis team uh, Ben had a tremendous team put together, uh, mostly you know Alabama racers as we talked about. If if uh, Shelby Thurman was probably the only one I think that's not from Alabama and she's from South Tennessee, but that was a that team Ben Willis talented group of kids that, that I get to watch with some regularity. And, uh, you know, when they go to the final, I, of course, you know, just bias, I think they're going to walk away with it again. But, uh, Chris Ratchford's team was no joke. That was a serious bunch of kids and they were hitting double O lights and, you know, wearing the throttle out down there and doing their thing. And they, uh, they ended up with a win over Ben Willis's team. And it was very well deserved, uh, just again the talent in the junior dragster ranks coming into to to quote unquote big cars is uh they're not short on it that that's uh that that group's bringing a lot of ability to what they're going to be doing at the next level
0: no question credit where credit is due that team rackford that was jesse fritz peyton jimenez gage rackford jesse lasik and Alyssa martin Alyssa martin oh by the way also uh won the final junior dragster gamblers race of the weekend and it just so happens Jed. i don't i don't even really know i, I was thumbing through the the mid michigan motorplex um facebook page for whatever reason prior to leaving for Hotley springs at Aly- least Alyssa martin winner at stanton so she's on a pretty good role too
1: yeah i would say alyssa has uh, got her stuff together <laughs> she raced very well at getting that win over dylan height and uh, you know, Luke, as, uh, as we've gotten the show notes and I know, you know, this we'll, we'll briefly run by this, but there were some other big winners outside of the dream team. There was some really good racing. They had to combine Saturday and Sunday on the top, which was 20 and 10 for 30 total. It was 10 and five on the bottom for 15 total. The 30 grand winner was, uh, was a split and quit between Chris Butler and Cody Wiggins. Those guys got late Sunday afternoon. I think it finished up seven, seven thirty Sunday and they just decided they'd had enough and they split and rock paper scissored for the check. And I think Chris Butler got that. Uh, J.R. Barkley, the, the always seemingly red hot J.R. Barkley got the 10 K win from Friday's race that moved to Sunday afternoon. So uh, that was really cool to see J.R. They had a dragster shootout where Noah Lewis got the win over Troy Williams jr. And, uh, on the bottom bub we talked about Rick bear getting that five K win the Friday five K win. that wrapped up Sunday, over jeff thompson and uh in the 15k the the combo race from saturday sunday chris cox got the win over taylor bowling so a couple of guys that uh, do their share of winning on the bottom got them uh, a good payday to wrap up their dream team weekend and again uh, luke i've never seen holly springs more packed Uh, i'd say 530 ish total entries between everybody they was parked everywhere you could park somebody the staff did a phenomenal job the The track was a tremendous host. Jabo and his team just performed flawlessly. The racetrack was perfect. Atmosphere was electric. And it was an incredible event and something that that I can't wait to go back and do
0: again. It's funny how, just kind of broadening the scope a little bit, Jed, and I'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. It doesn't feel like long ago, Um, maybe two years ago. That we kind of speculated, what's strong is the the mega dollar bracket races and like the local two to five granders. Like what we really worried about, for a period, rightfully so, was the mid level races, like the twenty granders, the thirty granders, things in that nature. Like they just seemed to be kind of caught in that abyss in between the racers that were willing to go travel for the big money and the racers that preferred to stay more local and and race close to home, right, whatever the stakes were. It feels as though, and again, this is all cyclic, it feels as though the tide is turning and or has turned. Like this, this event is an outlier and it's unique in its own way because of the Dream Team, right? And, and, but I feel like there is more emphasis from more racers on fun, and I feel like those mid-level races for many of the traveling guys, like the tabs aren't quite as high. That's a little bit easier to stomach. The layout of this event is geared toward enjoyment. Like I feel like that is the the niche right now that is really hitting home. Do you agree?
1: Yeah, Luke. They seem to be performing very well. Uh, there's been a little hit or miss in that <clears throat> that mid-level true a um, bracket race purse. Uh, group i guess if you'd for lack of a better word but um there's been some that have performed extremely well and what i thought was interesting about this race is you had 32 top bulb teams of five that's 160 racers that are more or less the draw that's what the event's all about and that's going to I guess take the stage, so to speak, so you think not many more racers than that are going to come and work around that race. they're just you know they're just not going to be interested okay, I think they had three twenty I think they had almost double what the dream team presented itself that were just willing to be there and wait their turn and and run their races and that was a bit of a surprise to me, so I think uh. You know the move to holly springs was great i think the the purse that they're offering made it worth it for people to come even though they wasn't there you know 160 racers wasn't part of the dream team on the top that were willing to just get in line where they fit in line Um, i think it just shows i guess um, a very positive movement for mid-level big buck bracket purse events and and i hope that trend continues
0: yeah, and, and perhaps it's premature to say that that's a, a, a trend. It feels like it is, but to your point, that market is probably as oversaturated as ever, so there are there are races that are probably coming out on the short end of the stick, too. It just seems like recently there have been more um, big turnouts in, in those events than, than really anywhere else. So um,
1: yeah.
0: Another another big, I guess mid-level event, uh, if you'd call it that, was up at New Media, uh, New Media, Pennsylvania, the Numidio Spring One Hundred and Fifty. I believe they're doing two of those this year. Uh, Jed, I didn't follow this particularly closely. I know that they had Bucks on the mic, so that was entertaining. Um, and I yeah. see a number of very familiar names on the uh, on the winners list.
1: Yeah, you know, certainly some guys that are no stranger to the winners list collected the checks there at the Numidio Spring One Hundred and Fifty. Um, I didn't get to follow the event. Obviously, it was doing my own share of racing and, and trying to do my thing there and. But I did get to uh, get on the mic, not with Bucks, but I got to get on the mic at New Media while I was at Holly Springs. How, you ask? Yeah. Save save yourself from asking that, Luke. I'll tell you. Um, So I actually went up to say hey to Jake Hodge and and, uh, Ryan Gleghorn. JJ was in the booth and just really stopped by, uh, I guess, sometime friday maybe maybe saturday i can't remember uh just to say hey was just gonna pop in pop out and hodge uh, like come on man just just sit down here and few laughs. i mean you know you want to well yeah i want to but i'm retired so i'm not going to ah come on man let's just just call a few with me i think it'd be a good time so i sat down and called a few of course it's on the live feed so you know i'm thinking i hope that the the promoters that i've told i'm um, not interested in doing this this year wasn't listening because so that's the last thing I need is for them to hear, you know, what are you, what are you doing? How come you don't come do that for us a little bit? So <clears throat> I do probably 20 pairs or so with, uh, with Jake on bottom bob, And, uh, as I'm walking out of the tower, my phone rings and it's Peter. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> I mean, he, he heard me get off the mic and he called me just as soon as I get off. So I answered the phone. Hey bud, am I in trouble? He's like, no, what are you talking about? Like, uh, no, nothing. Just uh, what's what's going on? <laughs> he, he said, "No, nah, if you're available, I, I, we're at New Media, and uh, it's Emily's birthday, and I was going to put you on the on the hot mic here and let you sing Happy Birthday to her." So uh, that was uh, that was really cool. I did that. Got to sing Happy Birthday to Family Biondo, his lovely wife, and uh, that was on Saturday, if I remember correctly. So that was a cool deal, and um, I was I've I've heard a ton of feedback from Bucks. And what he did on the mic, I didn't get to listen, but I do need to try to go back and listen. I'm pretty sure Motormania was there with them too, if I remember correctly. Is
0: that right? Believe so. Believe so. So back to back to back announcing gigs on basically opposite coasts for the retired announcer. <laughs> I mean, you're within an hour's time. You're at the two biggest races in the country. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> that was pretty cool.
1: <laughs> it was pretty cool. We had a good time, but outside of all that garbage, uh, again, some, uh, some high performers there at the new media 150 Friday's uh, high roller $5,000 shootout was Bob Murphy jr. Um, great win for him. Saturday's, uh, door car, high roller 5k was Kyle Bigley. One in his uh, father's, um, uh, Pontiac Firebird, really nice looking hot rod there that, that was fun to drive. Uh, Saturday Dragster High Roller 5K was won by Jason Hoff. Uh, Jason um, is a guy that's got super nice equipment and turns on his share of wind lights, so no surprise there. I uh, don't know. Uh, I guess he won. I guess that was Dragsters only since it was a Dragster High Roller, Luke. I don't know if you really picked up on that, but he's got a really nice Vega.
0: You know, you, <laughs> I don't both think of you guys have nice Vegas, Vegas so y'all should admire one another. But I'm sure he won in the dragster since it was a dragster high roller race. That, that, that would be my assumption, you know, dragster high roller. But you never know. I mean, yeah. Vegas are pretty impressive. They can do crazy things. <laughs> uh, so Friday's 10K
1: was won by Jesse Alberts. Again, a guy that turns on his share of wind lights. Saturday's 20K was probably the coolest winner of the weekend, um, uh, Lenny Butcher. Um, is it Butcher or Bucher? I think it's Butcher. I think they they told me it was
0: Butcher last time I,
1: I, I was at a race. He was. I'm at. with you.
0: I would have gone with Bucher, but you're probably right.
1: Yeah, I think it's Butcher. And uh, that was a 20K win for the door car and a guy that's been doing it a long time and, and been doing it in that same hot rod, I think, for quite some time. So I think that was a, a win. that got a lot of attention and uh, was sentimental for a lot of people. So great to see Lenny turn on that 20K win light. Sunday's 10K was wrapped up by... The best bowler that i've ever witnessed in person and that is scotty albrecht um i think i've told you this story but the year we were at spring fling in bristol and they knew rain was coming one day and it was it was no chance we was going to miss it uh, peter and kyle and uh, the staff set up a, a day at the bowling alley there in bristol and we went and bowled and uh, scotty albrecht and and howie the uh the dominos uh pit guy pit crew, crew chief, whatever you want to call him, they, uh, those guys bowl really well, Luke. I'm talking like 270-plus. And they were getting after each other pretty good. Scotty got the win, and it was close. And uh, and Albrecht takes the win. He's bowling right-handed the whole time. And, you know, I'm like, dude, that was super impressive. And he's like, what's this right here? He goes up there left-handed and rolls a spinner and strikes just for fun, he said, could have done it with either hand, like, it was incredible, best bowler I've ever seen so, You have anyway. told
0: that story before we, it's, it seems like we developed a side bet, because I wanted to see Scotty Albrick versus Jeremy Jensen head to head, yes, I remember yeah. that yes. you could throw Dave Connolly in there too Connolly can bowl, Connolly can do anything
1: yeah, well, I didn't know that, so I'd like to see that as well, but Scotty got a 10k win to wrap up the New Media 150 uh, I think it was a great event there at New Media Dragway in the, in the rolling hills of pennsylvania and the domino family uh, pulled off another spectacular event for the racers that attended and uh, i think there's going to be another one in august as you said so i'm sure it'll it'll get a lot of attention
0: jed outside of the the mega events that we just talked about i think highlighted by the the dream team challenge that again you won alabama dominated um it was, a, it was a relatively light slate on the on the sportsman racing schedule. A couple NHRA events that we'll just touch on relatively briefly. Uh, the first, the the national event in Houston. The the I don't really even know what the I think this was the spring nationals. It turned into the Monday nationals. That's that's what everyone seemed yeah. to, to call this. And honestly, we don't have a a ton to reflect on here. Super comp, super gas, stock, and super stock. The categories that we normally focus on. Those categories were actually stripped from the schedule early in the week, uh, postponed to a a later date, uh, potentially a different location to be determined at the time of this recording um, due to challenging weather uh, throughout really the the month in in Houston and the the state of Texas and the forecast for the coming week. That said…
1: you called it the Monday Nationals. They were trying to avoid it being the
0: Muddy Nationals. So well, there's no been- avoiding that at Houston, period. Yes, uh, they correct. were trying to avoid it being the Tuesday Nationals. <laughs> um, but they did get in competition eliminator, top dragster, top sportsman, and, and factory stock. Factory stock is something that we don't often talk about, but I do feel like it was the the headline of this particular event. David Barton, your factory stock winner, got the win over aaron stanfield that in and of itself is a story that stanfield didn't win i had not been keeping up with this that closely i knew that aaron stanfield was last season's factory stock world champion he's done it on the strength of a six race 28 round win streak in factory stock had aaron stanfield leading into this final round so it was literally the david barton's win over aaron stanfield was stanfield's first loss in that category in like Six months. Wow. Barton gets the win there. The cooler part of that story is, listeners may remember, we talked about David Barton a week ago. David Barton was the competition eliminator winner at the NHRA four-wide nationals in Charlotte uh, a week prior. So two national event wins in a seven, well, let's make it eight-day stretch with the, the being the Monday nationals. Barton did it in two different categories, competition eliminator in Charlotte, factory stock in Houston. In the same car. <laughs> yeah. He's driving his factory Incredible. stock in the, in the relatively uh, newly developed factory stock category and Competition Eliminator. I read Kevin McKenna's write-up on this. If, if you haven't seen that, you can check it out on NHRA.com, the, the sports report. Um, the, my understanding is that Barton's combination is essentially unchanged to run uh, the Competition Eliminator versus Factory Stock. But on his end, uh, Factory Stock is a, is a pro tree. Competition eliminator full tree now. Barton's uh, experience, I think, by and large, is is on the bottom bulb in in super stock. So that wasn't necessarily new, and he's been doing the the factory stock thing really since its inception. So the pro is not necessarily new either. But to be able to have success at that level a most cars don't fit into two NHRA categories right so that's pretty rare in and of itself and to be able to go back-to-back weekends in two completely different disciplines and collect two walleys pretty cool stuff
1: yeah no doubt I you know those are things that you you wouldn't think that you'd ever see I mean I got even enter a factory stock car any kind of stock eliminator car and uh and competition eliminator and then to To have the combination capable of getting it done and the talent capable of getting it done is very impressive and you know that he can switch back and forth pro tree and and bottom bulb in the car and and perform at a high level very very impressive david barton um again accomplishing something that i never would have dreamed i would have seen luke uh, that was a really cool deal
0: top dragster and top sportsman from houston again the only other two sportsman categories contested and yet they could prove really pivotal in the season-ending points chase. Uh, your two winners, Darian Bosch, Ross Larice, at or near the top of the standings in their respective categories, Darian Bosch reigning... NHRA top sportsman world champion. He got the win over David Quadra um, and that is Bosch's second top sportsman win of the season plus he's added a runner up. He's currently second nationally and he's a few races behind Dylan Stott who leads. He's in a great position to potentially repeat or at least make a run at a repeat national championship which I think uh, is is a little bit underrated on the list of really difficult things to accomplish. Um, you see, people go back to back occasionally. Kevin Helms comes to mind. Uh, Sean Langdon did it in Supercomp uh, a little over a decade ago. But back to back championships in NHRA competition is really rare. Um, so Bosch, well on his way um, to to at least putting his hat in the ring for that. And really, this comes off of he's having a great season in Top Dragster as well. Uh, this is hot on the heels of a of a victory at the Dallas Divisional race. In top dragster just a week ago. Bosh, I actually, this was, a, this had to be a unique um, um, challenge for Darien in that I believe he lost in the quarterfinals of top dragster, which normally, I mean, you run two cars at a national event, even cars of the, the, the speed and the ilk of top dragster and top sportsman. And Darien's typically uh, toward the top of the field, if not at the top of the field in both of those classes. So, it looks like they've got a really good handle on their whole program. It doesn't. For for a dragster that goes 16, 620s and a door car that goes like 640s, they don't seem to work on stuff very often. Plus, his dad's, more, his father Mario is racing too. So they've got three legit, like blown top dragster, top sportsman cars. They're not just thrashing, right? Like, I don't. They, they have that figured out, at least from the outside. But nonetheless, to 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 compete in three cars in those classes can't be easy and then you strip away all of the sportsman classes at houston and add in the weather i'm assuming everything's on a very truncated schedule like that had to be quite the juggling act just to make each round particularly with both cars in. so kudos to darian and that team
1: yeah very uh, very impressive performance and in, you know until you until you feel and what it's like to, to jump out of one car into another, literally, and, and, and shoot back up to the lanes to try to compete. You really can't get a handle on what Darian was going through there, but to think that he's doing it at that speed with that kind of, um, precise, uh, I guess, nature of the, the, the cars, you know, you, these things have to be staged absolutely perfect and put right where they're supposed to be. You know, there's just the margin for error is, is basically zero in both of those categories with the speed that you're talking about. And for him to to do that at that high a level, uh, again, as you said, without the other sportsman categories to eat up some of the time. And, you know, I'm I'm sure NHRA as much as as they want to help the racers in these type of situations, I'm sure they were pushing uh for for you to to make these turnarounds quick and get back up there and go so um that that had to been a real pressure pack situation for him and, and it just shows a, a lot of talent on his part and as you said uh, that's put him well on his way to uh, to getting another national championship in the, in those categories or the top sportsman category
0: uh and i mentioned in top drags to uh, Ross Laris aka Russ Laris winner in top dragster cementing another really solid start to the season if you remember ross doubled up at a divisional event in gainesville early in the year one super comp and top dragster so this is his second top dragster win of the season actually vaults him to the top of the national points chase in that category where it looks like he is dueling head to head with none other big Ched, than our man anthony Bertozzi. this allows us to transition into the other nhra event of the season uh divisional event in atlanta that's division two where our man antoine ran the table winner in top dragster winner in Superstock, the old divisional double for the 18 time world champion
1: yeah i mean luke and, and he's been doing this so long and still so competitive and you know, you you talk about these categories jumping out of a super stocker, hitting the bottom bob and and doing wheelies, and then in the top dragster and going fast, and some of that you got to look over your shoulder just a little bit. Anthony's a fast car, but uh, there, I'm sure there were some a little faster at times for him to to continue to display this talent on totally different types of in totally different types of vehicles uh i mean the guy could you know he's going to go down as one of the best to ever do it he already is but he will be legendary status in this sport for what he's accomplished and at you know over 50 years old still adding to that legacy it's uh it's fun to watch and you, you talk about uh ross Larice and and what he's accomplishing as well these guys are going to battle it out and that's you know, I'm sure there'll be another player or two, but that's going to be fun to watch.
0: I would like to hear those two alone in a room, like, trash-talking about the season's world championship. Those <laughs> guys, th- th- I mean, when they cut loose, like, those guys are both very entertaining. And, and-, and I don't think either one of them is going to lose any sleep over whether or not they win the world championship. I bet they could get into some pretty good banter. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm sure you're right. Uh, certainly, no Twine could. And, uh, it would be it would be fun to listen to as well. But you know, I, I don't know how much they'd get after each other. But maybe somebody will talk them into doing that and getting some video of it. That'd be fantastic. A, that would be great video.
0: Bertozzi's double in Atlanta comes at the expense of Brad Plourd in Top Dragster, Anthony Bongiovanni in Superstock. And when I saw this come across the wire, I thought, my God, Bertozzi is going to win the world championship in both NHRA classes this year like this is incredible especially when you pair it with what he's done lately on the big dollar bracket scene like he hasn't knocked off a huge win but seemingly has been down to the short rows repeatedly on the biggest stages and to your point like I don't Anthony doesn't carry himself like an old guy he's been doing this a long time and there is just zero drop-off in performance in all aspects of the game we talked last week about how rare it is to see a racer excel in multiple avenues so to speak like uh, everything is so specific these days you're either a top ball bracket racer or you're a class racer or you're a foot breaker. anthony does it all and does it all at a really really high level uh, to to a further point as i looked into this i thought okay two world championships around the table i'm actually not ready when i stay this a little bit closer i'm not ready to put him in there yet in super stock this is his second divisional win of the season which is super impressive but everything else like and he's been to several races failed to get out of round two so i don't know that he's a championship favorite yet certainly a contender but he's going to have to string together a few more wins conversely in top dragster absolutely a threat i mean is sitting in a really really good spot he's only been to five races he's been in three finals won two of them um several racers including ross Larice, a hot start to top dragster but nobody hotter to this point than anthony bertozzi
1: yeah well said luke and and you know the fact that anthony doesn't appear that, that he cares a whole lot about doing the bracket race thing anymore he, he seems to like the pace of the nhra events um you know it's it's obviously a little less of a grind than what you're dealing with in the big butt bracket races but when he does participate man he still performs well there too so just a, a really really talented racer that continues to show his stuff and he's a he's a fun guy to watch race
0: couple other notable performances from atlanta number one steve foley winner in stock eliminator and then backs that up a day later with uh, another stock eliminator win that and then at several of the division two races they follow the actual lucas oil division series event with an eighth mile national open the following day foley ran the table one stock eliminator at both of those so shouts to him and our man our our podcast favorite who, who is getting increasing mentions on the show for good reason. Doug Gaber, winner yet again in Top Sportsman. This is uh, three finals and two wins in four divisional events for Gaber. He hasn't gone as deep at the couple of nationals that he's been to to this point, which is the only thing keeping him from running away with the NHRA World Championship at this point. Right now, it's Gaber. See, I'm getting it now. Gaber, not gabber Like, it's easy. Oh, yeah. It's just like it's spelled. Yes. Gaber, Dylan Stott and the aforementioned darian bosch have begun to separate themselves from the field early on again it's very early um and and that's not to say that those three are going to battle it out for a world championship but i think it's uh, pretty apparent at this point that those three have all put their hat into the ring as contenders here in 2021
1: yeah i agree and um Back to Steve Foley, just, you know, that's my buddy, uh, first guy I ever seen with a helmet blinder. And it was the most ridiculous thing that that anybody's ever worn on their helmet. And, uh, he, he showed, (laughs) he showed that it mattered and it it was effective. And he really, one of the guys that changed the game as far as blinding and blocking the other side and doing those things. And Foley has been doing this a long time and still continues to do it at a high level. So great to see him get, uh, get the win and, and and uh stock category there in the, in the family ride. And, uh, and then Doug, Luke, I mean, this gotta be podcast bump. I mean, I know it hasn't been on, but you know, the guy that we've talked he's about, he's making so his much, case,
0: isn't he? He's, he's yeah, trying to get on
1: a guy that we've talked about this much, you know, probably gets a bump from the podcast you know i'm sure that his opponent looks over and goes man that's the guy the sportsman drag racing podcast is talking about all the time this guy's gonna be hard to beat you know they probably make mistakes because of that so podcast bump to Doug DeBer.
0: well it's the guy that his opponents used to be looking over and go doug jieber <laughs> yes. and now they know how to say his name now they just know. like we do
1: now they know if you know you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right Jed, we got a hard out let's wrap this thing up
1: Yep, this is uh this is coming to an end. Um, this was a, a fairly short show for us, but it was a good time. We we got to talk about what needed to be talked about, especially Alabama dream team racing. That was a really important part of the show. If you didn't listen to that real good, go back to the beginning of the show and listen to that. So it's uh, it's a very important thing in uh, in sportsman drag racing to know that Alabama just wins. I mean, that's what it is. So Luke, that's what you wanted out of me and you got it to end the show. Guys, we hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't, let us know. Uh, Let us know. Tell us who you think has the best state racers or best team racers or whatever. Just tell us something. Let us know you listen. You can contact us right there on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page. Um, You can send us a message, or you can just put it right out there for everybody to see. We gave our opinion to the public, so give yours. Tell us what's up. Tell us what you liked and what you didn't like. Luke, uh, it is uh, shout-out time. Uh, hopefully you got a couple of shouts that you want to give.
0: You stole my thunder a little bit. I obviously, Jed, need to shout out Team Bad Guys, the Crimson Tide, the state of Alabama as a whole. I, wanted to, I wanted to go back to your earlier quote and say, you know, you, you were racing in Mississippi. It wasn't like you, you, were, you had to travel to Idaho, right? Could, that, that begs the following question. I want to shout out the state of Idaho in general. And it does beg the following question, could your bad guys dream team win the dream team challenge on the blue turf?
1: Oh, that would be a major challenge. You know, that's, that's mountain air out there, Luke. You know, so you change the game tremendously when you, when you go to that. So we would need some laps and, and just going out there green, that would, that would be a challenge because Idaho, as we know, has tremendous talent. So I think we'd get our head caved in in Idaho.
0: There comes the humility. Wave the flag, Big Jed. Wave the flag. Where's that elephant? (laughs) I also want to shout out your house payment. I thought that was a nice touch. Shouts to Slick Nick and Nasty Rick. Shouts to Bucks. And your remote announcing, there's this supply and demand, Big Jed, supply and demand. You are limiting the supply and creating even more immense demand. They're going to try to bring you back. They're going to try to suck you in. Shouts to Lenny. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Let me get this right. Shouts to Lanny Buecher and Lenny Butcher. Shouts to my man, Doug Gaber.
1: That's all I got. Oh, what a great what a great list of shouts. That that was perfect way to end the show. Well done, my friend. Uh, And speaking in in the show, this is it. Um, Make sure you go. You're going to hear the read, but guys, make sure you go. I mean, Father's Day is coming up. Go to Manscaped.com. Take advantage of an amazing deal. Their products, if you use promo code Jed, that's simply J-E-D. Their products are 20% off with free shipping. You don't get that anywhere. Even Amazon doesn't offer. it. Go to Manscaped.com. Promo code Jed. Get what you need. Get, your, get the man in your life something. Get your father something. Get your, your adult son something, your son-in-law. Just take care of guys with a gift that you know they need. Go to manscaped.com, promo code Jed. Get that amazing deal. If you like to tweet, and Luke and I are big fans, go to Twitter. Look us up. Tweet us. We love to be tweeted. Luke is at Luke Bogacki, B-O-G-A-C-K-I. I am at JP11X. Tweet us. Let us know what's up. Thank you for listening. Um, I ended the last show with a great joke, and I had another one for you this week, Luke. But uh, there's been a, a series of events here today that, that's caused me to run a little late, and I forgot what I was going to do. <laughs> but I'll get back to you next show with another good ending to the show. That wraps us up. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to talk to you all again about more Sportsman Drag racing. RARE!
0: I want to thank everybody for tuning in. To make sure that you're the first to know when next week's episode is available, subscribe. And and, and you can do that on Google Play. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that wherever you are accessing uh, our show today. Just subscribe that way that you know that you have got the latest uh, edition of the podcast. You'll be the first to know. And do us a favor. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get your track involved by broadcasting portions of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast over the PA on race day reasons to use BTE tune up services number one quick turnaround time you won't be out of commission for half the season while you're waiting on your parts number two unparalleled customer service and responsive communication reason number three all brands of parts are accepted it's not like they just work on BTE parts. Number four, BTE offers freight shipping discounts. They are located in the shipping capital of the United States near Memphis, Tennessee. And number five, reason to use BTE tune-up services. Quality work from knowledgeable technicians helps your system achieve peak performance.
1: Hi guys, want to talk to you about our great friends at Manscaped. Now they've just come out with the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. It's available now in the USA and Canada. And what makes this waterproof trimmer different from all the other trimmers, you ask? It's a 7,000 RPM trimmer. I guess, 7,000 RPMs. We love RPMs. And this is turning 7,000 of them.
0: That's a well-tuned small block Chevrolet.
1: Luke, Luke, I would love to mash the loud pedal on this Line More 4.0. And I might do it after a while, as a matter of fact. And it features skin safe technology, guys. This keeps your package in check. And it's helped reduce manscaping accidents around the world. Less trips to the emergency room if you get the 7,000 RPM lawnmower 4.0. I love investing in the best new technology and advancement. And I'm blown away by the performance. But the craftsmanship and the details on the 4.0 are simply next level. Now, Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming, and their brand new shaving tools are just dropped right in time for Father's Day. So do that father a favor, and even if somebody's about to be a father, just go ahead and get it out of the way. Go to Manscaped.com, put in promo code Jed, that's J-E-D, and you get 20% off with free shipping. That's 20% off with free shipping. Manscaped.com. Use promo code JED. It's dad bod season and it's time to get smooth. Do that dad a favor and go to manscaped.com and get some product. If you know.